they're one of the most unpleasant races in the galaxy. Not actually evil, but bad-tempered, bureaucratic, officious, and callous. They wouldn't even lift a finger to save their own grandmothers from the ravenous bugbladder beast of Traal without an order, signed in triplicate, sent in, sent back, queried, lost, found, subjected to the public inquiry, lost again, and finally buried in soft peat for three months and recycled as firelighters. If you want to get a lift from a Vogon, forget it. They are vile and ill-tempered. If you want to get a drink from a Vogon, stick your finger down its throat. If you want to annoy a Vogon, feed its grandmother to the ravenous bugbladder beast of Drawl. Douglas Adams. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hole. And I'm Lee S's. Today's episode is going to be about the bad decisions that protagonists make. Sometimes it's not always the protagonist, but it's usually the person on the good side of the story. Somebody in charge makes a bad decision and it snowballs into something terrible. This is a good way to roadblock your main character and to build empathy for them. So if the boss says, hey, you need a warrant before you run in and shoot up the bad guys okay, how do we get a warrant? Now we have all of these other tasks to complete before moving forward. As much as the main character wants to just running, guns blazing, getting your friend shot, there is a purpose for all of these things. Sometimes it's a good decision. Bureaucracy is in place for a reason. Sometimes all it does is gets in the way of your main character accomplishing their goals. This is not always brought on by the villain specifically. This is a good chance for you to set up differences and priorities in between the good guys. A lot of your protagonists will have a same goal, but different methods of how to get there. It will help make the main character feel like they're on their own because they aren't getting the support from their leaders. You might also see this bad leader character by a couple of different names. One is, of course, the obstructive bureaucrat, which is pretty straightforward. You might also have the punch clock villain. And sometimes it's the clueless deputy. One of my favorites is when you have actually the overeager protagonist, the main character that is making this bad decision. A lot of these different titles that we have for these characters come down to the tropes that you see. I'm FBI and I'm investigating a serial killer, so I'm going to go into Arizona today. And then Arizona deputies are fists on their hips going, uh, who are you? They're both good guys. The serial killer is obviously the true villain, but this kind of headbutting between the characters strengthens and deepens your main characters. And it's all because of jurisdictional bureaucracy. Some other examples of this are the fact that McGonagall can't kill Umbridge in the fifth Harry Potter novel. As much as we want to just strangle her, she's a fellow teacher, and McGonagall, being a Gryffindor, has to follow what's right and all the rules and this and that. You will also see this a lot in a lot of crime dramas. This leader making a bad decision, this leader deciding we need to go get him now rather than wait for this crucial piece of evidence or this crucial bit of information, and it leads to more problems in trying to capture the bad guy. 
Diplomatic immunity has a similar effect of throwing roadblocks in when your character knows it's the diplomat's son who did it. He can't pinpoint him on it because he has diplomatic immunity. He has to figure out some different kind of evidence that will supersede American laws. And sometimes you'll have the, well, my boss says this and stuff flows downhill, so now it's on you. Another specific example of a leader making a bad decision, this falls under the category of an overeager protagonist. In the first Stormlight Archive book, when Kaladin is taking steps to save his bridge crew, he's not looking at the overarching reason of why the bridge crews exist the way that they do. And it leads to a lot of problems, a lot of death, and him nearly dying in the end. So let's get into how you can specifically use a leader's bad decision in your second act to help build towards that third act. Of course, a great way to do this is to just have them attack before they're ready. In the most recent book I published, all of the characters were eager to go in full force and take on the bad guy before they had a really good plan set in place. Because of that, they ended up losing a crucial character. Attacking too soon in Act 2 should always end in disaster. It is usually caused by one or two things. The characters become tunnel-visioned on the goal alone and forget about the consequences. Or your lawful good characters start to fall to the influence of your chaotic characters. That headbutting and that influencing each other makes for a very interesting scene and a very interesting dynamic between the characters and highlights the difference between your protagonists. When you have the protagonist acting too soon, this is a really good opportunity to kill your mentor. When you attack too soon, people will die and there's a sudden need to fill gaps. And this sets you up really well for your secret ingredient characters to step in in the third act, because suddenly they are needed more. Of course, the inverse is true, not only attacking too soon, but sometimes a leader's bad decision will be not sending support when they need it. That actually reminds me of Mulan, the roundabout way of fixing this problem, because in Mulan, you have the counselor, and I can't remember his name, that oversees the training of the new troops. He refuses to give them approval to become full troops and go out and start campaigning against the Huns because of political reasons. He doesn't like the fact that the job was given to the general's son because it's the general's son. And then they went around it surreptitiously, but it turned out to be too late anyway. Sometimes this comes down to your leader is falling for the villain's trap. Obviously, all of the evidence points that they're going to pop out of this sewer grate on this side of town, so we're going to send all of our troops there. But you know that it's a feint by the villain, so you're going to go to this sewer grate over here where they're actually going to pop up. But all of the troops are on the wrong side of the city. Sometimes the decision here is not always not sending support, but retreating, pulling back the support and leaving people abandoned which is very emotional and dramatic. So if you get the opportunity to do that one, do it. Because then all of a sudden this support system, this net that your main character has had underneath him the entire time is gone. It's sink or swim time. And sinking is part of that equation. Sinking is part of act two. Act two does not end well. 
So if you're creating this leader who is making the bad decision over your main character, you're going to see phrases like, it's not our jurisdiction. It's not worth my job. That's not how we do things around here. I don't get paid enough for this. I'm just doing my job and that's it. There's not enough evidence for a warrant. He has diplomatic immunity. The chief, the mayor, the counselors, somebody up there in the bureaucratic regions is wanting you to drop this. These are all common phrases that will immediately convey to your readers exactly the kind of character they're dealing with. We opened this episode with a quote from Douglas Adams and The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy where he's talking about the Vogons, who are entirely a bureaucratic race. And everything they do in this story is they just throw up roadblocks for your main characters. They're diverting them, getting them to go this direction and that. Most of the time, they're just annoying them. They're not actually the bad guys. They're just out there doing their jobs. It is a great tool. It is a fun tool to manipulate and play with. But it is a dangerous one if you aren't playing it well. Because you never want to slow your story down. You don't want to frustrate your readers because they're bored. You want to frustrate your readers because the main character is frustrated and now they have to find another solution. The leader's bad decision, whether that is the main character getting tunnel visioned or the bureaucracy of how things work, are really good tools to use to set you up for your act three. And we're going to be talking about that in our next episode, all the different ways where you can start preparing the end of Act 2 to get you to the darkest hour, the hardest part for your main characters and the victories for your villains. So if you don't have somebody in mind for how this bad leader might look, look at your own life. I'm sure you've dealt with terrible managers and wonderful managers in the past. Managers who have said, sorry, we have to cut costs. We have to cut down the amount of cheese we're putting on pizza, whatever it is. You've had managers make bad decisions and at least thought about ways to get around it. Your main character will be doing the same thing. will be experiencing a lot of those same frustrations, which means when you're writing them, you have to write selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing.